0: How's it going Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys Alex and Ryan. Today we're discussing Glaber Torres. I know everyone's kind of been wondering what is Gleyber Torres' future? What does it look like on this Yankee team? And we kind of have some ideas and takes on uh, what the Yankees can do with Gleyber Torres moving forward. His projections for next year are pretty solid. Obviously had that bounce back season in 2022, put together some good power metrics, some good numbers in the home run department, um, stole a couple bags, you know, showcased probably the best defensive season in his entire career. And now we're looking at him as an asset. You know, He's no longer a vulnerability. He's no longer a liability guy we're trying to maybe replace or get rid of. He now has a defined role on this team, at least for the time being until Anthony Volpe is elevated to Peraza, is able to secure a starting job. So the future is kind of interesting for him. We want to discuss that um, if they are going to consider trading him, <clears throat> what that might look like and why they probably shouldn't do that right now. But Ryan, before we dive into it, how do you do my friend?
1: I'm doing great. You know, you look at Gleyber Torres as you mentioned. You know, the the conversation about Gleyber Torres a year ago was kind of you know get whatever get whatever you can for Gleyber. You know, if the Yankees can uh, parlay Gleyber into whatever value they could get him for and just get rid of him and end the Gleyber Torres. Uh, tenure in New York. You know, that was a very, not just a popular take, it was something that you could rationalize, right? He was coming off of two straight seasons where he was very underwhelming. The power was gone. And then this year, he put together a really strong year. You know, he was a good hitter at the plate, a strong defender at second base, played a lot of games, you know, he's reliable, right? The Yankees are going to be able to get power, uh, a decent hit tool, um, strong defense at second base, you know, especially for a Yankee team that, you know, has Josh Donaldson as the third baseman. If they don't have Gleyber Torres, you know, you can have LeMahieu at third, you can have Gleyber at second. It gives you some cushion for uh, Volpe as he progresses you know and kind of gets himself ready for either AAA or potentially a starting job at the major league level though I think we can kind of agree here that it feels like it's Praza's job to lose for shortstop it feels like it would be uh, and I think Michael K also speculated on this when he uh, mentioned the story of Brian Cashman uh, telling Volpe that he has a shot to win uh, the major league job right you know the the whole thing was that where the Yankees really going to change their opinion on Anthony Volpe, that he isn't major league ready just yet on a spring training, on, on spring training alone. You know, they're probably going to want a little more of a minor league sample, right? Uh, it's not like Volpe destroyed AAA. He ju- he needed some time to adjust. He's going to need some time to adjust to major league baseball as well. So you're going to have a guy like Labor there who's not old. He's 26 years old. This is his age 26 season. It's still crazy to me that he's enter- entering a sixth season in pinstripes. That doesn't really compute in my brain, uh, but He's one of these guys where, you know, the Yankees are going to get really good value out of Gleyber Torres year in and year out, as long as he's able to consistently hit for power, which I don't think is going to slow down. He had, you know, a career year in terms of his barrel rate. Uh, He displayed a lot more of his raw power this year than he did even in the two years where he hit, you know, a bunch of home runs in 2018 and 2019. The baseballs were juiced back then. So we know that Gleyber Torres isn't really going to be putting up 38 home runs again, but you can pencil him in for 20 home runs. You can pencil him in for, you know, hitting around 250, 260 which would give him an OBP, you know, roughly from 320 to 320. three ten to three twenty and the slugging percentage is gonna be pretty good. The WRC plus is gonna be pretty good. You know, he's projected for one twenty WRC plus he's projected for a three point four war. You know, are projections the Bible? No, but um are we pretty confident that he's gonna be a good player? Yeah. You know it's hard to imagine Gleyber Torres going back into what he was in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one uh in twenty twenty one, especially since he's playing second base full time. So ultimately the Yankees have a good second baseman in their hands. He's not costing them too much and they don't really have a viable backup option that they can rely upon on opening day. So What's the reason for moving Glaber if you're not getting the starting left fielder that is going to make a huge impact for this team, right? I'm not trading Glaber Torres for Max Kepler, and I like Max Kepler. I'm not trading him for Anthony Santander. I'm not trading him for Seth Brown. I'm not trading him for, you know, a lot of these B options uh, at left field. If you tell me Glaber Torres is the last piece before you can get a Brian Reynolds, sure, I'll make that deal. But unless that's the situation we're in, I'm not moving Glaber Torres. Yeah, look, so... The way I see it is that the Yankees aren't going to move
0: Gleber Torres unless they have no choice, right? Unless, you know... Anthony Volpe comes up, and he's pretty much ready to go, and he's looking really good offensively. He's looking really good defensively, and they have nowhere else to put him. You know what I mean? Peraza, if he's kicking ass at shortstop, the, a best-case scenario is that Gleber Torres isn't needed. You know what I mean? Because that means that Volpe's kicking ass and Peraza's kicking ass, and that means you don't really want to trade either of those guys. I mean, Gleber Torres cannot be sitting on the bench. You have to make sure you're extrapolating on his value. So, like, best-case scenario, Gleber Torres' job gets transitioned over to Peraza or Volpe, and they end up just destroying and dominating this upcoming season. But obviously, that's probably not going to happen. You're really looking at Volpe going into spring training, probably struggling because that elevation in talent is significant. He has not had a lot of time in AAA. He's a guy that gets better over time, so I think that you probably start in the season with Volpe in AAA with Scranton um, at least for a couple months. Maybe towards the second the second half of the year, he gets called up. That's probably what happens if we're being honest. And in that scenario, Gleyber Torres should be starting at second base, and DJ LeMayu should be starting on the hot corner. Um, and then you have Peraz at shortstop, who obviously showed phenomenal glove work during the ACL- ALCS and the 18-game sample size he did enjoy. Uh, but Torres, the thing is, it, he's turning into more of an asset than a liability, as I mentioned before. You look at his steamer projections. They have him hitting 262 with a 327 OBP, 442 slugging, 120 WRC, plus with 23 homers and 73 RBIs, and 13 stolen bases, which would be one less than his career high, of you know, 14 back in 2021. Um, they have him at an 8.4% walk rate. So a little a tick up and a strikeout rate at 20.7% with a 3.4 war, which would be his best since 2019, his second best in his career. So obviously these are just projections. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I will say this. I think that he took a big step forward in resurrecting his career after 2020 and 21 kind of being down years. Um, and really not showcasing the slugging potential that he had. But now that his power is back up, a lot of his homers came opposite field uh, to the right field uh, section in Yankee Stadium. So you're seeing that he has that opposite power. He sprays the ball pretty well. He's not a big pole guy, Um, but Ryan, do you think that the fact that he is an oppo hitting homer guy, like that's where he did a lot of his damage. Do you think that's a good thing, especially Yankee stadium? Because I know you're a big pull rate guy, but I think more so for lefties when it comes to Gleyber Torres, that hitting it to that short right porch Yankee stadium has been one of the biggest variables in terms of helping him get back to where he needed to be.
1: Yeah, so when I look at Gleyber Torres' spray charts, the big thing is avoiding center field, right? I I, know as much as I'm a big pull rate guy, you know, I do think a right-handed hitter that has the power to take the ball the other way to right field, that's that's obviously very beneficial in Yankee Stadium. Uh, What you want to do is avoid center field, really, because you got to hit a ball 400-plus feet in order to get it out in center field, right? You can hit a ball 400 feet to dead center, and that ball's caught, and the inning's over, right? Uh, You're much better off pulling that ball or hitting it the other way. Now, hitting a ball 400 feet the other way is also remarkably impressive, but right field is not 400 feet at Yankee Stadium or really any ballpark you're going to play in. I, I don't know if there's a 400-foot right field in baseball. I think Boston might be the deepest right field um, out of all the right fields in the American League East. I know that Toronto's pushing their right field in a little bit, so hitting the ball to right field in Toronto is going to be beneficial as well. You know, a guy like Gleyber Torres improved his— he what he really did was improve his sprays, right? And I think that was the biggest thing for Gleyber Torres, uh, lifting the ball in the air more and improving your sprays. Uh, quite frankly, he's someone who can— you know, he's, he's a smart hitter, right? I, I, you know, he's one of those guys who, you know, as you mentioned, he's going to hit the ball the other way in Yankee Stadium, but if he's playing in Fenway, Way. he's not going to try to hit a ball over right field where it's like 370, 380. He's going to try to pepper one off the wall or hit it over the wall, right? Um, that's something that Glaber Torres has evolved in. He's a very talented hitter for a reason. You know, that slump in August was really disappointing because I think it, it really diminished what was a season that looked really promising. And in terms of WRC+, he was well on his way to having like his best year of his career, right? You know, people forget he hasn't put up at the 130 WRC+, yet. He was on his way to doing that. And I'm not sitting here to say August was an anomaly and we should look at August and just throw that sample away. I, think that any sample in a season where you're not injured should be accounted for and should be considered as valuable data, right? I'm not going to favor one data because it makes the Yankees look better. Uh, but quite frankly, when Gleyber Torres had that strength, uh, had that stretch in August, I think it's hard to say that Gleyber is going to have a stretch like that again. Those are really hard to have. Uh, it's really hard to struggle for that long of a period of time. Um, and if he's able to just be a 120 WRC plus hitter, you're going to be really happy with what you're getting from Gleyber Torres, right? He's your five hitter right now. If LeMay is your leadoff hitter, you have Judge Rizzo Stanton, and Glaber is your five hitter. That's a pretty good situation to be in, and I think Gleyber fits that role well. What Gleyber does extremely well uh, if you're looking at um you know what his skill set at the plate? He's not a guy who's going to sit back and be very patient, which is fine. I like that. I think Glaber needs to be aggressive, and that works in the five spot because the Yankees are going to have ducks in the pond, right? They're going to have one of Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, or not maybe not Lemayhe because it's at that point you know three outs could uh would lead to LeMay no longer being on base. Uh, but he's going to have guys on base, right? And he's going to have opportunities to drive guys in, and pitchers are going to feel inclined to pitch to Glaber Torres instead of John Carlos Stanton. And quite frankly, I think Glaber Torres is someone you can't really overlook, and I think some teams are going to be caught sleeping with Klayber Torres uh that sounded really wrong. Oh, uh, that's not how I meant that. <laughs> but, um, my point more so is Glaber Torres is a really underrated bat in this lineup, and he's someone who provides the power the Yankees need. You know, this year wasn't great in the postseason, but he's consistently been good for the Yankees in the postseason. And ultimately, I'm very confident that Glaber Torres is going to be a very good player for this team. As you mentioned, the Yankees are not going to trade him unless Volpe comes up and is uh, a stud, right? And at that point, we can revisit this at the trade deadline. But for now, for opening day, for the beginning part of the season, for the first half of the New York Yankees, Glaber Torres... Is going to play a big role on that team, and Glibertores has to be on this opening day roster. Unless I'm looking at left field and I see Brian Reynolds, he needs to be on the roster.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Right now, I think there's no reason to trade him because ultimately, if you're going to move him, it's going to be for a starting pitcher or a bullpen piece. You know what I mean? Um, I I don't necessarily think that the value matches up. Our bullpen, as we've talked about multiple times this offseason, is one of the best in the game. Our starting pitching rotation, one of the best in the game. If you're going to trade Glaber Torres, it's going to be for a left fielder. So my take is simple do not trade him right now, and wait until the trade deadline over the summer, where we may have injuries we need to supplement, Anthony Volpe's ready to take that big jump forward, he's kicking some serious ass, and ready to transition, you can uh, capitalize, because Libertors is in a free agent until, what, 2025, I believe, um, so you're kind of looking at a player that has a couple years left of control, you still have two years of control over him, so next season as well, and you, you know, another team could always extend him, so if you needed to use him as a trade piece later on this season, that's a more reasonable thing right now, I think that a couple weeks ago before Carlos Rodon signed, we kind of were like, oh, maybe you know what? Torres should be included in these trade discussions for a guy like Pablo Lopez. But after they got Rodon, it doesn't really matter anymore. You know, the starting rotation's set. The bullpen's good. We got Tommy Canely, who's, you know, I- I'm optimistic about, but I don't have many much expectation for. I'm very high on Greg Weissner, and I know you are as well. Johnny is also making a jump forward, and Randy Vasquez, so we'll see what they do with some of these youth pieces. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Torres has too much value to trade at the moment. I think most people would agree. But guys, I'd love to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments. Always happy to hear your opinions. As always, make sure you have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday. Like and subscribe, as always. We've got tons of more content coming up. we got 32 days I think, Ryan, you said before until spring training. So, we got um, a lot of action um, yet, yet to come. A lot of content going to be coming out every day for you guys. So, make sure to follow us on Empire Sports Media, Fireside Yankees, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And, of course, YouTube, everything. We got you guys covered on every single uh, angle, every single medium. Um, elite content every single day, and then during the season, it's going to get only better, so hopefully you guys are along for the ride, hopefully building this awesome community with us, so as I said before, enjoy the rest of your day, like, subscribe, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Side Yankees episode.